People want more democracy, not less. It's time to talk progressive politics and practical solutions with Joy Silver. Outspoken from Radio 111. Now, here's Joy. Welcome, welcome to Outspoken, where we find ways to stand up and fight back. And to help us, our guests go more deeply into the subjects that matter to most of us here and you too, listeners. I know it's important to you. And today, we're going to talk about how extremism grows. Our guest, Savannah Worley, She's going to join us today for her first time podcast interview, and she'll clue us in on how this happens. She's a writer on Medium who primarily writes about her experiences with racism and mental health, but she is known to rant about right-wing extremism from time to time. She's an ex-journalist born and raised in Indiana, a state that seems to make the news every now and then. Hello, Savannah, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, Savannah, please use this time to rant about extremism and also recant about the stories about your own state and some of the history where you've learned a thing or two about how extremism grows. Oh, absolutely. So my state, not a lot of people know this, but in my state, the KKK used to be really big, especially in the 1920s. It's known as the a modern birthplace of the KKK. And then Christian fascism, would you say, uh, is sort of the advent of Christian fascism? You know, the KKK has a very interesting history, and I was unaware that Indiana was a place for the growth of the KKK. When we see that happen there, how do you think it has influenced? Well, tell us a little bit more about the history there. Uh, it all started with a man called D.C. Stevenson. Okay. Uh, he came to Indiana, and I call him the Steve Bannon of the KKK because he helped uh, make the KKK look more appealing, especially because Indiana had a large Protestant population, and uh, the KKK is known to be anti-Catholic and anti-Jew. Mm-hmm. So you call Mr. Stevenson, and, and you say he's parallel to Steve Bannon. How do you make the KKK more appealing? Well, he had a state uh, clan newspaper called the Fiery Cross, okay, which is kind of like I kind of parallel that to Breitbart. <laughs> okay, um, it makes sense. Yes, um, it, yeah, it used to be a big newspaper, and then he was very successful in installing clan members within the Indiana state government. Um, I believe by the mid-20s, like the majority of the uh, Indiana General Assembly were members of the Klan. And that's similar to how we have legislators and judges within our government that were installed by Trump and Bannon. Right. Uh, and, you know, they're still there. And then he also supported the Indiana governor, Edward L. Jackson, he just heard the ideology of racism, anti-Catholic, anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant. And he kind of used a Trojan horse. Like he painted the KKK as like a social movement. It was kind of a, a they were trying to put it in there as a, a do-good situation, that this was going to help people and, and sort of a law and order issue, it sounds like to me. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, law and order. Let me ask you, Savannah, how did you get interested 
in this particular subject. I mean, what um, I, I read your pieces in me, in Medium, and I see also that you do a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of pieces on mental health and racism. And I think if anything could be crazy making, it's certainly <laughs> the institutional racism and the gaslighting that goes on around it. But how did you get interested in the rise of extremism? The article in particular, want to know how extremism grows, look at the Hoosier State, which was my latest article. I was going to write about the KKK in Indiana in general because it was a buried history. Not a lot of people knew that the KKK was large in Indiana in the 1920s. I believe it was like 30% of the male population were members of the KKK. That's like a quarter million people. And I was just going to write about it primarily because of, like, I was inspired by what Ron DeSantis was doing to black history. Pretty much he's trying to erase it. And, you know, other states, it seems like they're following suit. So I was just going to write about the KKK, but I started to see those parallels. And I was just like, oh, my God, D.C. Stevenson is Steve Bannon. You know, the Ku Klux Klan is the alt-right. I started to see all this, and I'm just like, this is happening again. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into it. I know you see it relational to uh, mental health issues as well. I mean, one of the things that never fails to, uh, um, I don't want to say amaze, because that amaze sounds so, it sounds like a good word, but uh, I guess horrifies would be a better word. But when we read the manifesto of the KKK in that time period, it's almost word for word, uh, the extreme right point of view today in our society. And this history seems like the Civil War never really, Reconstruction never really happened. You would think it didn't, but it seems like these issues have never really been resolved. Would you say that that was true? You know, it's funny. Uh, Indiana was a Union state, but I still see Confederate flags flying everywhere. (laughs) You know, and yeah, it's just like it was always there. And I don't know how to solve it. I don't know how to make extremism and really solve the problem of extremism and just make people see how wrong they are. But, you know, it was always there. And I believe, like, our foundation, the uh, foundation in our society, like, we grew from white supremacy, which is extremism. Yes. So... You know, it's kind of uh, within our foundation as well. Absolutely true. You know, you mentioned, and I think this was in your article, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you talked about the cruelty is the point. Mm-hmm. And what were you referring to when you were talking about the cruelty was the point? Well, I didn't say the words, the cruelty is the point, but I think I implied it uh, in mm-hmm. the article. Mm-hmm. I talked a lot about Christian fascism. Uh, which is, well, to define fascism is actually difficult, but it's a authoritarian, right-wing extremism, violent, and press that with Christianity or a more twisted version of Christianity, and you get a theocracy where people believe that the country is ruled by God and they are the chosen ones. Mm-hmm. So Christian fascists, they you know, believe that 
their God is just vengeful. It will strike people down. It will strike their enemies down. And, of course, fascism promotes hateful rhetoric like racism, uh, xenophobia, whatnot. And then whoever is harmed in the system just deserves it. Mm. And so they rejoice in that. Now, you know, so that's why that, the cruelty is the point. You know, they yes. they want people to suffer because that means that they're the chosen ones. And it's a very messed up thing to believe. Well, that's one thing about religion, and particularly the Abrahamic religion. There is a lot of smiting and smoting that takes place. This is true. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But the KKK... Yeah, and, uh, Wrapping itself up yeah, in Christianity. People, I mean, that is that makes it a, a God-given mission, and, and I totally see your point with that. Yeah, a lot of people are offended by the term Christian fascism because they don't feel that it reflects Christianity. And I believe that, you know, I believe that it reflects a twisted, very more version of Christianity. But, you know, it is what it is. They use these morphed ideas to birth their political ideas, which is a theocratic government ordained by God, ordained by a supreme leader who was chosen by God. And we heard that about Trump. He was chosen by God. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think there are some people that think he is God, actually, um, which is even more frightening. Right. But we certainly do see that point of view between, certainly we've heard Sarah Huckabee certainly talk about this very issue about God is the entity that's created the United States and, and the God as defined by this particular group. And Christofascism, and maybe it's offensive to some Christians, but it is definitely wrapping oneself up in a type of Christianity. I, I think we can safely say that. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, again, it's just a the effort to turn our country into a theocracy, our multinational, multicultural country, and it's scary. It's really scary. I was going to say that the most thing to, for me, and possibly for many of our listeners, and this seems to be the thread. The thread seems to be that if you don't do things and believe as we do, there's the threat of violence to keep us in our place. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like one of the hallmarks of fascism. Like mm -hmm. it's, fascism is usually a revolutionary movement like it was in Italy. It promotes violence to keep people in place, to keep social order, to keep class divisions. That's a hallmark of fascism. Mm -hmm. Very frightening, that whole concept. And so, and I think we are seeing the rise, or at least the visibility of these particular ideas. And, but I often think, and here's where I see hope in the situation, and maybe this will be interesting, Savannah, for us to just have a quick little chat about this. But where I see hope in the situation is when we see such a reaction and a rise up of people desperately holding on to a certain point of view that has since passed, really, in the progression of civil rights and and more of us uh, from uh, different cultures, etc., diversity, uh, taking our place at the table, as it were, uh, the holding on and the visibility and the energy that's being put out to push things back only shows you how much progress we actually made. 
And so it seems that every time we make a big push forward, there is always some kind of backlash that then springboards us forward. And so to that end, people like you writing about this subject and keeping people informed is a very critical part of our education because we're not going to hear that in schools necessarily now. So it's very important to keep right. on speaking out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I didn't know that the KKK was big in my state, not even in college. Like, I had to look it up myself. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I believe we need to be educated in our history, which is what frightens me about what DeSantis is doing down in Florida, because he's pretty much trying to erase black history. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't keep history in mind, if we don't keep what's happening in the past in mind, it's just going to repeat itself again and again and again like it's repeating itself now after a century the kkk like in the 1920s my state was a stronghold for it however it was taken in the united states in general mm -hmm. you know we have to keep that in mind we have to keep the past in mind we have to face the present but then i think we should keep the future in mind as well just look for like hopefully in 2123 people will remember the past and look towards the future that's what keeps me going well i appreciate you being our guest today because i know that you'll keep on writing about this savannah and i hope we get to hear from you again on this show and look for savannah worley on medium she writes about extremism and racism and mental health issues and thank you and here on outspoken when we tell us what democracy looks like well this is what democracy looks like